Welcome back to the Crash Course Podcast. My name is Craig Crash Collins, joined as always by Brandon Scott, otherwise known as B. Scott. The waiting for Super Bowl 57 is almost over. As kickoff between the Chiefs and Eagles approaches, let's talk storylines. We discuss how a title affects each quarterback's legacy, which team is better at each position, and of course, who hoists the Lombardi Trophy at the end of the game Sunday night. Hope you enjoy. First time in maybe 10 years or so that I have really not cared who won. Um, That's pretty, pretty interesting. Um, And, you know, there's true. Yeah. Yeah. Like when I think about it. Yeah. You really go back. I think I go back to the 49ers and Ravens the last time, which oddly enough is the last time two brothers faced off in a Super Bowl. Um because I was like, I didn't really care who won that game. Like I liked, I like Jim Harbaugh. I like John Harbaugh. I wanted to see Ray Lewis go out on top, but I, I like Jim Harbaugh just because of like the Andrew Luck connection and Stanford and all that stuff. So like, I was like, I don't really care who wins that game. And then ever since like, of course, wanted Peyton to beat Russell Wilson and the Seahawks that year wanted, uh, you know, the Seahawks to beat Brady the following year, you know, wanted Peyton to go out on top. So like, all, so on and so forth. So um, yeah, this is the first time. I mean, even in the Chiefs 49ers, like I wasn't going to be mad if the 49ers won, but I still wanted to see like Mahomes and the Chiefs get that title. So, yeah, this is the first time like I'm okay with Hertz winning. I'm okay with with uh, Mahomes getting his second. So, but all in all, though, it's going to be a really fun game. Yeah. I mean, I guess thinking back, you're right. A lot of those, like that 49ers Ravens Super Bowl didn't really have a horse in the race and just wanted a good game, which it was. We even got a extended game because of the power outage <laughs> right um but yeah that chiefs 49ers one i think i always tend to lean towards because there was a time where purdue had a really long active streak of having a player in the super bowl and at that that i always wanted to cheer for the team that had the purdue player and that year uh the 49ers did with raheem mostert mm-hmm. and you know he had a, a really big touchdown in that game before the chiefs came storming back so I think I'm, I'm I'm leaning a little bit towards the Chiefs it's this Carl weekend. Loftus. Oh yeah, because of Carl Loftus. So, but I mean, either way, I don't really. Outside of that, I really just want to see a good game, and I think it's going to be a really good game. Yeah, and we're gonna dive into that game. Hopefully, hopefully the script says that. <laughs> yeah, oh, I have loved the script memes. Uh, there was a TikTok that I saw. I have to send it to you because uh, my buddy Nikki uh, sent it to me. Uh, I've sent to you two where they were going to up to players of the Pro Bowl and asking them about their script for this year, like what they thought of it um, and that kind of stuff. Like, I love that. Like, just the idea that the NFL is rigged is just so, like, funny to me. Because, uh, I mean, obviously it's clearly not, but just the fact that people get, like, have now taken it and made it a meme is just so funny. Dude, what I love is that everything nowadays, everything is a conspiracy theory. Right. I mean, somebody could be watching this show and turn this into a, us into a conspiracy theory. I bet. What would our conspiracy theory be? Like, what would what would uh, the conspiracy be for us? Craig's not really in a, a radio studio, and Brandon does <laughs> not own that nice of a house. <laughs> yeah, it's all it's all. A, well, no, that, I mean, that's that's no, no. It's the opposite. That's the conspiracy. Is that like people think? Because look. I've had, you know, we, when we used to record the show live, like we had people in the chat that'd be like, you know, that thought you were in like, that was your actual house. 
And so and like, it changed up every week too. Right, right, like, exactly. Dude, this guy owns just real estate all over. Which is funny because my backdrop was like the office. So like, was I on the set of the office too? Like, what, what <laughs> if, we're, if we're going with that? But like, yeah. So like, that could be the conspiracy if they don't think that you like. Oh, how do these guys that have this podcast have like a nice radio studio to record in and a nice house to record in? Man, it must be some sort of front for something. So there you go. I think I think we figured it out. Um, yeah. But yeah, we're going to dive into this game, uh, Super Bowl 57. Um, not anything to re- re- you know report on the Colts front, so we get to uh, dive in <laughs> completely. Oh, no, there is something. There is something. Well, as there far is as a decision. The there is, is a coming? decision coming. Not within hours. Within days. Within yeah. days. Not which, hours. Not hours. Which leads, me to, which leads me to believe it's Shane Steichen. Which I'm okay with. I like that. And that that's what's uh, funny. Is- I, that was... That was one, one of, of my top two picks. Yeah. And it's the, the thing is, too, is that people I've seen, you know, of course, you know, social media is going to be what it is. But uh, I've, you know, seen people getting all hot and bothered because the Colts haven't made a decision. I was like, look, there were really only two big fishes out, out there in the coaching world. And really, neither of them were going to be Colts coaches anyway. Like you were going to get Sean Payton. And Jim Harbaugh was like a was a, a nice hope, but like it wasn't going to happen. So uh, yeah. I'd rather them take their time through the sea of like, you know, everybody's going to be a little bit of a risk. I, I did, the only guy that is off the board that I would have liked is D'Amico Ryan's. Other than that, but it was going to be a hard get considering he played for the Texans. Right, that's true. I so. mean, so that's like if Jeff Saturday had really really good coaching experience. Right. And it came down to the Colts and the Texans. Who do you think Jeff Saturday is going to take a job with? Yeah, you would the like Colts. to take the Colts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but speaking of conspiracy theories, the two candidates that everybody's really wanting are either the offensive coordinator for the Eagles, Shane Steichen, uh, for obvious reasons, or uh, offensive coordinator from the Cincinnati Bengals, Brian Callahan. Mm-hmm. Um, the conspiracy theorists out there, the um, watchdogs in the world, uh, did report after – Ursay put out his tweet that uh, the offensive coordinator for the Bengals has listed his house on the market. Mm. But I, I just tend to believe if it was somebody that is already not coaching right now, like currently preparing to play in the Super Bowl, they would have hired him by now. Like right. if it was yeah. going to be Jeff Saturday, we would have heard it's Jeff Saturday. If it was going to the other person that I've heard as a front runner, which I just hope it's not just because of the name alone, but wink Martindale. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, we need a young coach. It's time to stop with the old guys. And, uh, but you know, wink Martindale would already have been announced. And I feel like the same thing with Brian Callahan, even though you did want to bring him in for a third round interview and you just did that, but I don't know. I, I just, it feels like it's going to be Shane Steichen because He's still coaching. He's in, you know, he's preparing for the Super Bowl and it's going to be announced after the Super Bowl, which is within days. Right. Well, speaking of the Super Bowl, let's go ahead, shift gears into our Super Bowl preview. Uh, We're going to talk about the two teams individually, and then we're going to dive into some bigger questions here. So first of all, the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, they're going to be the visiting team on Sunday, at least I believe they were because the Bengals were the home team last year. Um, so how they got here, the Chiefs were 14-3 and in the regular season, AFC West champs, uh, number one in the AFC. 
they have the number one offense in yards per game and points per game in the regular season. They were 11th defensively in yards allowed per game and 16th in points allowed per game this season. Uh, this postseason, they defeated the Jaguars 27 to 20 in the divisional round, defeated the Bengals 23 to 20 in the AFC Championship game. Mahomes is second in passer rating among quarterbacks who have played multiple games this postseason because, like, Kirk Cousins is, the, is at the top, which is kind of. It's kind of funny because he's like number one and had this great game, but we still kind of crap on him because he's Kirk Cousins. But uh, he had a really good game, and he's been at the top of that list. But over this postseason for Mahomes, 70, 70% completions, four touchdowns, no picks, mostly on one leg, which is pretty incredible. Um, you know, he's been hurt since the, like the second quarter of that Jacksonville game. Um, yeah. But, you know, looking at like the biggest reason and the biggest thing that stands out for the Chiefs as far as like how they got here, you know, let's go ahead and talk about the obvious thing. Uh, going into this season – the big, you know, talking point was the fact that there's no Tyree Kill um, on the on the, you know, out wide for the at wide receiver for the uh, Kansas City Chiefs, um, and you know it, this team, you know, it, it, that's like the one thing. I mean, this team, this Kansas City Chiefs team, is relatively similar to the one that made the Super Bowl against the 49ers a couple of years ago. They're similar to the one that was in it just a couple of years ago against the Buccaneers. Like, not a whole lot ex- has changed except for no Tyree Kill. Um, in 2021, Tyree Kill led the Chiefs in receiving with over 1,200 yards and nine touchdowns. He and Travis Kelsey accounted for 48 percent of the team's receiving yards uh, and 49 percent of passing touchdowns. So you thought, hey, without one of those two uh, in that dynamic duo, like this offense is going to take a step back. Looking at this season, uh, Travis Kelsey has still got his. He's made up 25% of KC's passing yards and 30% of passing touchdowns. Um, but the two offseason acquisitions to replace Hill in 22, Juju Smith-Schuster and Marquez Valdez-Scantling, like they've risen to the occasion. Um, you know, Scantling a little bit more in the postseason, Juju Smith-Schuster in the uh, regular season. You know, it's it kind of makes me think a little, you know, I know I, I take a lot of, uh, um, you know, comparisons over to baseball, but it kind of like a money ball thing. Like, okay, you know, you know, we don't have the big heavy hitter anymore, but let's get two guys that can kind of give us that same production uh, and see what we can do. Uh, for Juju Smith-Juster, he was second on the team in receiving yards with uh, 933, excuse me, and he has three touchdowns on the year. Marquez Valdez-Scantling uh, was third in the regular season in receiving yards for Kansas City, but is second in that category this postseason for KC, and has caught two of Mahomes' four touchdown passes. And, you know, this is the show that while Kelsey is still a focal point for Mahomes, Holmes and the offense um, and that the offense is certainly different with no Tyreek Hill. The Chiefs are still the best offensive football. We all wondered how they would do. We talked about the AFC West. Is there a chance, you know, with this, you know, new look AFC West where Herbert was going to take the next step. Derek Carr and Devontae Adams were going to be unstoppable. Russell Wilson was going to be unstoppable in Denver. What's going to happen with Kansas City? Well, they went out and showed us that, you know what? No Tyreek Hill, no problem. Yeah, so from when I look at this Kansas City Chiefs team, this it, they haven't had the same full-on success as the New England Patriots did with Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, but the the recipe is there for them. Um, for me, what, what why they're here yet again is consistency. One of the biggest things is that you know Andy Reid's been the head coach the entire time. That's yeah, right. but offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy. You know, and it, it, you're not changing coaches. You're not losing coaches. You're not firing coaches. You're not hiring new coaches. There's not a ton of turnover. These teams that are consistently struggling are constantly in the turnover battle. 
like and not like losing the ball, but just turnover on the coaching staff constantly. And they're they're at they're at one of those they're at like at a point where oh one of their coordinators has shown really good signs of success and he's gone as a head coach. So now it's time for a new coordinator. This Kansas City Chiefs team has held the coaching staff together for the most part. And that kind of consistency, especially when you've had consistency on offense, it just makes your team get better and better and you are able to absorb losing a type of player like Tyreek Hill. And because you're not having to spend every offseason or every two offseasons learning a whole new system. And so Pat, Patrick Mahomes has been able to grow in this system and get better with it and learn how to adapt it to his abilities and the players that are on his team. So that's how this team has just been constantly getting to this point, whether it be the knocking on the door of the Super Bowl or to the Super Bowl. So, yeah, there's a lot of numbers that you can look at with like productivity and everything. But for me, it's just the consistency of the coaching staff and the ability to take the scheme that they have built on into that coaching staff has built and grow on it and get better at it year after year after year, rather than having to every so often learn a whole new scheme. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. That consistency has been there. Um, And, you know, you brought up Mahomes and being able to adapt and get better. One thing that I thought was um, interesting during that broadcast of the AFC championship game was that Tony Romo kept comparing Mahomes to Michael Jordan, which, look, I had the same reaction. I kind of shook my head because I was like, look, dude, has Mahomes is great. I'm not going to say anything negative about Mahomes, but like, can we? Can he win two championships before we, you know, compare him, him? Before we put him on even in the same stratosphere as Tom Brady and Peyton Manning, right? Like, we can't call this guy the goat because he can throw a sidewinder winder from falling sideways, and like he throws it like he's throwing like a Nerf ball. Right. I get it. He's a a talented freak athlete. Right. We can say that. That's. When it comes to that, as far as quarterbacks go, yeah, he's right up there. But well, and I, I mean, and we and we do. I mean, it, it's hard not to do this. I mean, I know I did this with Andrew Luck, as far as like you know, because of how good we thought, you know, we he, like we were projecting what his career is going to look like before he actually goes and does it. Because I remember when we had you know the I when we had the discussion a couple of years ago on the podcast of like, oh, could Tom Brady potentially come to the Colts the year they got Phil Rivers? I was like. Well, he wouldn't wear number twelve because that I, I think it'd be weird. Like, and they're like, "Well, yeah, well, who cares about number twelve? Because Andrew Luck didn't really. I mean, he was amazing. We we feel bad that he ends up retiring, but he didn't actually like. He never won a Super Bowl. Didn't didn't win didn't win an MVP. I mean, it was impossible for him to do that in those circumstances. He made but, one AFC Championship game, right? So it's like you know, we do this thing where we give all these you know athletes kind of accolades before they actually get them. But I thought it was a funny kind of question to ask um how close to seven rings does Mahomes need to get to unseat brady as the goat we always see the argument made uh in basketball you know speaking of michael jordan you know people talk about like who's the best when we've had this debate on our show even before you know who's better jordan or lebron um so i was like let's have that same argument with mahomes and brady um so MJ has six titles, uh, LeBron has four, Brady currently has seven, Mahomes currently has one. Um, and so, you know, kind of projecting that out, uh, you know, how many would he have to win 
to uh, kind of get into that goat stratosphere. I think it's at least four for Mahomes. It's at least four, maybe five. I'm, I'm not entirely sure. Um, you know, Mahomes is finishing his age 27 season. Let's say he has a number th- another 13 to 15 seasons left. Uh, so winning three more times is very doable as far as like the years are there. Um, it's not like, oh, he's just now coming into his own at like age 33 and the window is shrinking. Um, you know, at the short end of that, he's on pace for 62,288 yards, which would put him eighth all time and 499 touchdowns, which would put him at fifth all time. Brady is first in both categories. Uh, Brady has three MVPs. Mahomes already has one. These are these points are to say that Mahomes is on pace to have a career that even without the Super Bowls is right there with TB12. So he'd have the MVPs, he'd have the touchdowns, he'd have the yardage. So the last thing kind of in that uh, argument would be how many Super Bowls has he won? Only three quarterbacks have won four Super Bowls. Obviously, Tom Brady, uh, Montana, and Bradshaw both have four. Um, all four are also over 500 in the big game as well. Brady is seven and three. Bradshaw and Montana is four and zero. Are four and zero? Look, the number is probably five here. Like I said, it's probably five because then you'd have those are the only two quarterbacks to win that amount of Super Bowls. Um, so just uh, he and Brady are the only two with that many. Uh, but I think four Super Bowl wins in six to seven appearances, because, uh, again, he has to be above 500. He can't because that's the whole knock against LeBron is that like, yeah, he's won four, but he's also been to like nine and has lost. <laughs> so he's lost over half of them. Um, but, yeah, four Super Bowl wins in six to seven appearances, three plus MVPs finishing top 10 in passing yards, top five in passing touchdowns. I think that would give Mahomes a uh, damn good case to be considered the GOAT. But, I mean, even the fact that we're saying a case <laughs> – to be to unseat Brady might give you the answer already to that question, but no less than that though. That's where I think Mahomes would have to be if we're going to go ahead and that that's where he has to be as opposed to one t- championship making a good play in an AFC Championship game like Tony Romo wanted to do. So I think when we look at so originally you had the question here as how many does he have to how many rings does Mahomes have to get to unseat Brady as right. the goat. It's unseat Brady as the goat. He needs to get at least seven with winning multiples in a row. It can't be like every two years he wins one. Well, that's what Brady did, though. Brady, Brady, like every other year there for a while was in the Super Bowl. But then he also reeled off like three in a row here. You know, he he reeled off like like three in four years. By by this time, yeah. By the time Mahomes is his age now, I think Brady already had three. I think. Yeah. Yeah, I don't keep track of people's birthdays. <laughs> so I, I struggle enough to keep track of my own family's birthdays. So I'm trying <laughs> to keep track of other people's that I don't even know. Um, personally, trying to keep track of their birthdays. Yeah. Um, but look, it, he's got to he, he's got to win. I think seven to be able to unseat. Now to be in the conversation. He needs to win a couple more MVPs. He needs to put together some really high statistical numbers. He needs to win at least three, I'll say, Super Bowls. Because look, when we look at the the conversation of the GOAT, the greatest of all time, the greatest quarterback to ever play, the two that always come up are Brady and Peyton, Tom and Peyton. We don't really talk about Terry Bradshaw or Joe Montana. 
even though they won, you know, they were both four and zero in the Super Bowl, whereas you know Peyton was two and two. Um, but Peyton put up these unearthly numbers throughout his career, and probably would still hold quite a few of the records had Tom Brady not played till he, you know, was forty five. And um, again, I don't know if he's forty five because I don't keep yeah, track is, of people's 45, birthdays. Yeah. 45. Okay. Um, Same thing. Like, you know, and then you have to at least win more than one because then you over that you look at players like Drew Brees who had, who held all of those records for a while and only won one Super Bowl. But Drew Brees is not in the conversation for one of the, for the greatest of all time. Then you look at a, a player from the past, like Dan Marino, who was a really, 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 really good quarterback but never won a Super Bowl, and he's not in those those conversations. So I think it comes down to just a conglomerate of things, not just winning the Super Bowls, but being able to put up consistent MVP and record-breaking numbers. Um, I think it's going to be a little bit harder for Mahomes to do that, and he's going to have to rely more on not just and not record-breaking numbers. It's going to be harder for him to get the record-breaking numbers because he relies so much on his feet as well. You know, a lot of their offense is nothing there. He makes something out of nothing. And that could, that can win you Super Bowls and that can win you MVPs, but it's not going to get you the passing records or anything like that. So I think MVPs and Super Bowls are going to be Mahomes' way to get into that conversation. Everybody's kind of got some side, sort of niche that's, in that conversation, if is that making any sense? Yeah. So I because there's so many players that have won a lot of Super Bowls that we just don't put into the conversation. Like Joe but, Montana is not consistently in the conversation for greatest of all time, and we're always looking at Tom Brady and Peyton Manning. Right. So because Tom Brady is in another stratosphere, which again I think answers the question right there as far as like. Who's the goat? It's you know whatever you know, but you know he's in a such a different stratosphere that it has been a long time since we've heard. I mean, Mont, I think Bradshaw isn't talked about as much just because a lot of that is is the steel curtain and not so much. Right. I mean, heck, I've 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 back you know back when uh, when I had a little bit more time on my hands, I watched all the America's games, like the documentary that they used to do for, and I think they still do for the Super Bowl champions and. You know, I think Terry Bradshaw at one point was like either benched or he didn't go into the season as like QB one, even like after some of the Super Bowl wins. It's because like he wasn't as much of a focal point of that offense. Like he was like, I'm not sitting here saying Terry Bradshaw wasn't a good quarterback. I mean, he was, was. but but it was the fact that I think he's kind of overshadowed a bit by how good that defense was, um, you know, and 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 that kind of thing. But um, when Brady was first kind of having that first dynasty, he did get compared to Joe Montana. And that was kind of the, the comparison that a lot of people made. And I think that's why, you know, you say three and I just think, um or, or or in that you know in that ballpark and that's why like yes he can win the mvps yes he can do all the stuff with the numbers but i think i think he can uh i think that's why the super bowls are so critical because the super bowl he can win the super bowls without having the MP- mvps and and all that stuff to be considered but he can't like have all those numbers and then you know, not have the Super Bowls, which I think is what you're trying to say. Like you, they, like you have right. to have both, but you definitely need the Super Bowls to be able to do that. But um, Peyton, well, but Peyton's I, only got two. 
I I don't know that I I don't know. I think Peyton is looked at as one of the greatest of all time because of the mind that he had. The the way that he could read a game and read a defense and just maneuver his team on the fly mate puts him put him in that conversation. Yeah. And he I also, had an uncanny ability that not many people had. Like the way, uh, yeah, it was just. I mean, yes, he could throw the ball amazing. He was a really great quarterback, but the way he could just be like three steps ahead of his opponent, it felt like, was I think what really put him in that conversation. Right. And I think that also, you know, why it's kind of changed a little bit too is that it's the same argument we hear with MJ and LeBron is like one of the big things that gets talked about there is like, oh, well, they played in different eras. That's kind of the same why we don't talk about Montana and Bradshaw as much now because like, oh, well, the game is completely different from what it was back then um, than it is now. But yeah, I I think definitely. I don't know how much different it is from Montana. Because Montana was in a very pass happy offense, right? But still, like the way, like, like I guess compared to what like, nowadays there are, like, passing is the name of the game, and you you run to set up the pass. Where back and then the you, rules you ran are so you, much more geared to passing and that kind of thing, like with the defensive yeah. holding and passing. So they were a little like, bit more of ahead of their time, right? With Montana. So, but yeah, I, I think definitely. So I, I think the number we land on is like four ish is, is where to be they, in the conversation, right? To yeah. unseat Brady, you have to at least win seven and one more MVP than he ever did. Yeah. I, 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 but I, to be in the conversation, I think you need to win three more, including the one you've already got. Oh, so you do need to have four. That's what you're saying. You need to win three yeah. more is what you're saying. Okay. I thought you yeah. meant just three alone. I was like, I don't know no, no. if he's I may have been, I one. think I, I worded that wrong. Yeah. But yeah. Um, you need three more. I got you. Well, we'll get back more to the Chiefs here in just a little bit. Um, but let's go ahead and shift gears to the Philadelphia Eagles and how they got here. They also are 14 and three, uh, won their division, the NFC East, that are number one in their conference, the NFC. They are number three offensively in yards per game and points per game. Uh, they were number three offensively in yards per game and points per game in the regular season. Uh, they are second in the NFL in yards allowed per game and eighth in points allowed per game. This postseason, they defeated the Giants 38 to seven in the divisional round and won 31 to seven in the NFC Championship game versus the 49ers. Hassan Reddick leads the league in sacks this postseason with three and a half. Of course, had a big, uh, the forced fumble that knocked Brock Purdy out of the game in the NFC Championship as well. Um, the biggest reason why they got here, I mean, the Eagles, you can kind of go any any direction you want with this as far as like how they got here and what's the biggest reason why they're here, uh, the driving force. Because, I mean, just like a team that you – I mean, just like you'd expect for a team that went from getting bounced in the wild card round as a seven seed to a Super Bowl, like pretty much everything's improved. <laughs> um, I mean, you know, they've seen – the birds have seen improvements in yards per game, passing yards per game, points per game, yards allowed per game, passing yards allowed per game, and points allowed per game. So, like, they've – the defense is better. The offense is better. But I want to focus on the defensive front for Philly, um, you know, the front seven, especially from a def- a pass defense uh, perspective. They have 70 sacks on the season, which is third highest, uh, which is the third highest single season total in NFL history. 
Uh, four of the top 16 in sacks this season are Eagles. Uh, Hassan Reddick has 16, Brandon Graham, Javon Hargrave, and Josh Sweat all have 11. Um, it's safe to say that unit is a big reason why the Eagles are, have, are the third best in terms of opponent passer rating. Um, now, uh, Philly has played 12 games against quarterbacks in the lower half of the league in QBR and 10 games versus the top half of the league in sacks and sacks. Uh, sorry, they've played uh, 10 games versus the top half of the league in sacks allowed. And they uh, did go from ninth to 17th against the run. So there are some things that kind of could say, like, maybe this isn't, um, you know, maybe <clears throat> the numbers are a little bit deceiving. But I think overall the defense has improved greatly. And in large part, it's because of that front seven. They have so many good playmakers on that defensive line in that linebacker core that just make that defense so great. Yeah. When I look at this Eagles team, yeah, that defense is just phenomenal. Um, but they're just, they're young. They're energized. They, I don't know. They play almost with a chip on their shoulder and, and I just feel like they, yeah, they made a lot of moves to bring in pieces they were the right moves. Sometimes people make moves just to make moves. They think it's going to get them better. They made these moves at like bringing in, um, I cannot remember his first name, Brown, AJ Brown, AJ Brown. from, from Tennessee. Um, that, you know, it, it's not like AJ Brown has been earth shattering for Philadelphia. He's been really good. But it's just another piece that made every other piece better. And they all have bought in. It's a young coaching staff. It's a young team. It's, it's got veteran leadership on it. But like a lot of your key components are young. And I don't know. I just feel like their energy. There's something about this team that just pumps you up yeah. almost. When you watch them, you, you feel more energized um it's a team that keeps you on the edge of your seat because they're just they're 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 a big play waiting to happen on either side of the ball so i think i don't know last year they struggled i know they had struggled with injuries and there was a lot of questions is you know is jalen hurts the answer i mean for a lot of the season he was not the starting quarterback he was kind of off and on last year if i remember right i think i don't know i'm thinking of the year because he was the full-fledged starter last year because okay. that was the, so was, the Carson was the Wentz trade. yeah it was the year before was it yeah last year was well, yeah the year before I, last was carson he, wentz so he had been traded that year or, yeah. or like he'd been but he'd just, they're just what it, they didn't have i guess maybe because it was a new new coach and with nick sirianni last year um that you didn't you didn't feel that same energy, but this year there I don't know there's just this aura about them that you never really had any doubt. I mean I think a lot of people wanted San Francisco to be here because of the Brock Purdy story. Mm -hmm. You know how cool would it be for Mister Irrelevant to lead his team to a Super Bowl? Um, but I don't think there was just any denying this Philadelphia team. I mean, yeah, they had rough, rough games here and there, but they always bounced back. They always figured out a way to claw out of a deficit. I mean, look, the beaten down Indianapolis Colts had this Philadelphia team on the ropes mm -hmm. and 
lost to them, I think, by one point. Yeah, wasn't lost it? 17 to 16. Yeah. Jalen Hurts had the uh, C's part ahead of him and basically walked in the end zone to score the game-winning touchdown. Scripted. Yeah, <laughs> it's rigged. It's, it's all rigged. rigged. Uh, well, one person like you know, like you mentioned, that has enjoyed the script this year is Jalen Hurts, and um, that gets us into you know we talked about Mahomes' legacy with this win. What would a Super Bowl win do for Jalen Hurts? Uh, and the question on that side of the thing, uh, that side of the you know spectrum is with a Super Bowl ring, is Jalen Hurts a top three quarterback in the NFL right now? Um. My answer to that question is yes. I think it's safe to say, obviously, unanimous one-two is Mahomes Burrow. I think Mahomes Burrow is one-two. I think that's what a majority of people would go with. Now, I think after that, especially after this postseason, the waters get a little bit muddier. Um, you know, looking at this season's playoff quarterbacks, obviously, Burrow Mahomes, you know, there's not a big, big enough sample size for Purdy. Josh Allen has struggled to get over the hump. Uh, Kirk Cousins has never made it past the divisional round. Brady retired. Dak has never made it past the divisional round. Lamar Jackson has an MVP, but has struggled to stay healthy. Tua certainly has had his health concerns. Um, then you look at the quarterbacks like Trevor Lawrence, Justin Herbert, Daniel Jones, Geno Smith. Um, they were all good this season, but is this season the norm or the outlier, which you can certainly say for Jalen Hurts as well, but Hertz would have that Super Bowl ring or that Super Bowl trophy. Uh, only six active quarterbacks um, have won a Super Bowl. Um, that's Aaron Rodgers, Joe Flacco, Russell Wilson, Nick Foles, Patrick Mahomes, and Matthew Stafford. I would take Hertz above all of them right now. Like with how Aaron Rodgers played this season, wouldn't go with him. Who knows about Stafford? But like those would be the only two that I would consider. Obviously, I mean, obviously Joe Flacco's a backup. Nick Foles is a backup. Russell Wilson's coming off of like his worst season um, of his career. Um, so, you know, I think I would take Hurts over all of them right now. So, like, you you might take other quarterbacks. There's other quarterbacks that you may. It's kind of like the draft. You may like their pedigree a little bit more. But there's all there's question marks with all of them. Um, you know, when I think of the best blank right now, I think of. If you were to redraft the league right now, who would be the third quarterback off the board? And I think with the Super Bowl ring, it'd be hard to not take Jalen Hurts, especially with his ability to beat you both with his arms and his leg, or legs, reverse it, his arm and his legs, not just one leg. He beat you with both of them. Um, you know, I think that, you know, if he would be the third quarterback off the board if you were to if he were to get that Super Bowl ring, so um, I would put him as the um, you know top uh, of a, a top three quarterback in the league currently with the uh, ring. I think he's top five right now without it, but I I would go ahead and put him in that top three category if uh, they were to win the Super Bowl on Sunday. Yeah, I I wanted to say no, but then the argument you just laid out swayed me. Thank you. Because <laughs> I because in my mind, they've they've got you thinking. Well, no, Josh Allen's in that conversation. But you're right, Josh Allen has failed to get over the hump. I haven't seen any progression from Josh Allen, really. So yeah, I think I think you're right. If Jalen Hurts were to win a Super Bowl, get the get the raise the Lombardi Trophy this weekend. That puts him as a top three quarterback in this league. I wanted to say no because I wanted to see him put up a similar performance next next year. Not meaning like, oh, win another Super Bowl, but like statistically and get his team back in that position again. 
because I, I want it before I crown anybody as a top three, I want to make sure there's consistency there. You know, at least with Josh Allen, he's consistently getting his team within the conversation. You know, I want to make sure this Philadelphia Eagles team isn't a one hit wonder because we all probably after last year would have said, oh, yeah, Matthew Stafford. Holy moly. Definitely a top three quarterback now. And look, he's coming back with all of that again. And then the wheels fell off. Yeah. So that's the only hesitation I have of saying, oh, yeah, he's definitely a top three quarterback if he wins the Super Bowl this year. I want to put him there. But like on a, on probationary status. Well, I mean that's that what sense. that's what right now is. It doesn't. It's not a. It's not a. You know, definite. This is the like we're not saying Jalen Hurts is the uh, you know best like top three quarterback ever or the top three quarterback like of the decade or anything like that. It's just like as oh, of no, right yeah, now, yeah. as of right now, power rankings. Who's the like? Who are number? Who's number one? Who's number two? Who's number three? And like, yeah, yeah the 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 kind of you know consensus going into the season and even throughout the season, Burrow, Mahomes, Allen. But I mean, you bring, bring up Allen. I mean, he did, you're right. He didn't take a next step. And not only that, it just kind of seemed like he kind of slept walked through the two playoff games. Like he had that really good first, you know, few series against the dolphins. And then from there, it was just kind of ho-hum the rest of the way, um, you know, from Josh Allen. Whereas like even last year, you know, you had that amazing, now, I, I get it. The the circumstances, you know, were a little bit different in terms of like you were playing your, you know, the big brother Patriots in the first round and you hung, you scored set you know, on seven. You scored on seven out of seven possessions. And then the next game was that, you know, just insane game against the Chiefs. So I get it. It was a little bit different circumstances. This time you were the two seed. You had home field. You're going to kind of, you know, that, you know, it was almost a foregone conclusion that it was going to be Bill's Chiefs in the, um, in the AFC championship game. And so it kind of, you kind of got that air that like they didn't really have that fire that they should have had in those two playoff games. So that's why I'm like, even now, like, you know, injury concerns for Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen. I mean, I saw a TikTok where um, someone was like, jo- playoff Josh Allen is uh primetime Kirk cousins. And I was like, ah, I mean, there's a compelling argument for why that's true. I still think I like Josh Allen better in, in a playoff game than I do Kirk Cousins in primetime. But, uh, I mean, I don't see really too many lies there. Yeah. Yeah, I see what you're saying. I mean, I'm just also looking at, like you said, if you were to redraft the league right now, who are the first three quarterbacks off the board? And I could see Jalen Hurts, but at the same time, there's an argument to be had at the same time for Trevor Lawrence. Well, right. Also, too, like this is with a Super Bowl. Like if Jalen if Jalen Hurts doesn't have a Super Bowl, then I don't know that I would put him three. I think he's top five personally, but I think he's I think with a Super Bowl proven, hey, he this guy has gone out and won a Super Bowl, um, like a proven track record. I think you go with Jalen Hurts. Yeah. So yeah, definitely. All right. Well. Uh, coming up here in just a moment, we're going to get into our predictions. We're going to do kind of a tail of the tape, go through each positional group. But before we do that, let's go ahead and talk about our friends of the show. Are you tired of your same old lunch hour of sitting and scrolling through your apps on your smartphone? Have you thought about playing a board game with your coworkers? 
Eat Lunch and Board Game is a podcast dedicated to telling you about board games that are great for lunchtime fun and some that are probably better saved for after work hours. I've been playing games at my office for over four years now where I have made new friends and business connections that have been very useful. Board games build bridges. This week, we're going to do a hot or cold, but it's going to be a little bit different. Uh, we're going to, you know, instead of hot or cold, it's going to be Chiefs or Eagles. Um, and basically, we're going to go through uh, these two teams, position groups, uh, you know, go you know, position group by position group. But instead of saying hot or cold, we're going to go Chiefs or Eagles. Um, and so it's kind of a tale of the tape. We're going to go quarterback, running back, wide receiver, so on. Um, and so and then that's all going to lead up to our prediction for Super Bowl 57. So uh, first of all, we're going to obviously start with the quarterback. I thought about going in reverse order and doing quarterback last, but that just felt weird. So we're going to go quarterback first. Um, and I'm going Chiefs here. Uh, you know, Mahomes has been better than Hurts the last two seasons in terms of QBR. Uh, in 2021, Mahomes was fifth. Hurts was 19th. Of course, the big improvement for Hurts this year. Uh, Mahomes um, was uh, first. Hurts was fourth. Uh, Hertz has been better than Mahomes this postseason in terms of total QBR, but again, it's still very close. Uh, but the difference maker for me, why I'm putting Mahomes as the better quarterback in this matchup, is that Mahomes has 13 playoff starts, including two Super Bowl appearances. Hertz two starts or Hertz three starts, um, a loss in the wild card last season, and two games that were decided fairly quickly, um, two blowout wins over the Giants and the 49ers. Give me Mahomes. Yeah, experience matters here. I'm taking Mahomes here as well. I mean, he's been here before. He's been on the winning side. He's been on the losing side. He kn he knows what both feel like, and he knows which one he doesn't want to feel again. So give me Mahomes. As far as running backs go, give me Philadelphia. Uh, Miles Sanders was fifth this season in rushing with 1,260 yards. Uh, he was eighth in rushing touchdowns with 11, no chief, uh, within the top 20 in either of those categories. Also, Kenneth Gainwell and Sanders are fourth and fifth this postseason in rushing. This rushing attack can be very deadly. Give me Philadelphia. Yeah. For some reason, I don't understand why Kansas city's rushing attack has fallen off. I mean, I thought they were going to be really, really good with They're running Clyde Edwards Alaire. Yeah, who's been kind of an afterthought. Um it's on that so team. It's, weird. It's Pacheco and McKinnon now. And I think it's more or less because they're both so integrated into the passing game that like you know their names, you know they're good, but they just as far as like the rushing attack goes, they're just not on the same level as uh the Eagles are. Yeah, so yeah, I'm taking Philadelphia's running game here for sure. Now looking at the wide receivers, um the, I'm going the Eagles here as well. You brought up A.J. Brown earlier. Uh, he was fourth uh, in receiving this season with 1,500 yards. Devonta Smith was ninth with nearly 1,200. Uh, Brown was tied for third in receiving touchdowns with 11. There are some question marks regarding the Chiefs receiving core and their health going into the Super Bowl. But even with that question, even with those question marks, I think I still go Eagles here. No Chiefs receiver had over a thousand yards this season. Uh, the only Chiefs receiver that was over a thousand yards was Travis Kelsey, who we'll get to in just a moment. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he doesn't count as a wide receiver, so you have to go with the Eagles here. AJ Brown and Devonta Smith are just an un unbelievable tandem to have. Um, I think if Tyreek Hill was still with the Chiefs, we might be talking a little bit oh, different. Yeah. But this is definitely that's definitely the Eagles there as well. 
as far as tight ends go, we mentioned him just a second ago. He's one of two brothers in the Super Bowl. Easy, 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 easy Chiefs here. Um, I talked earlier about the the uh, big portion of the passing game that Travis Kelsey uh, takes up. He's eighth in receiving yards this season with 1,338. He's second in receiving touchdowns with 12. This postseason, he's fourth in receiving yards with 176 and tied for first in receiving touchdowns uh, with three, um, one even coming from Chad Henney. So uh, he is you know, an amazing threat at tight end. Like, yes, Dallas Goddard is serviceable but he's not nearly on the level that Travis Kelsey is. Right. Yeah. I mean, Travis Kelsey is like, there isn't many times a tight end is able to take over a game. There's not many tight ends out there that can actually do that. Even in the history of the NFL. I mean, um, I can maybe think of three, including Travis Kelsey, maybe four total. So this one's easy. This is Travis Kelsey and the chiefs because he's just a game changer. Now, offensive line, it's kind of a toss-up here. Um, I wanted to go Eagles just because uh, PFF, Pro Football Focus, has the Eagles ranked as the number one offensive line. But I'm going to go to the Chiefs here, and the reason being that the Chiefs are fourth uh, in that ranking. Um, So they're right there with Philadelphia. But also, they've allowed 18 fewer sacks this season. Uh, KC is third third in sacks allowed. Uh, Philly is 22nd. So far fewer sacks now i get it you know that's hurts maybe getting tackled behind the line of scrimmage trying to make something happen with his feet so that may skew the numbers just a little bit but i'm still going chiefs here i'm actually going to go with the eagles because pat mahomes just doesn't get sacked in general i mean it doesn't matter what the cut what if the line breaks down or not he just doesn't get sacked he's a smart quarterback even when there's nothing there, he tries to make something. And if there's nothing there for him to make something out of, he just gets rid of the ball. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't take the sack. He's smart when it comes to that. So some of that is kind of skewed because of Pat Mahomes and who he is. But I'm going with the Eagles because, look, they have they, their running backs are good. They they're kind of a well-rounded offense. Um, and in order to be that, your offensive line has to be solid at both pass protection and rush protection. And, and they, they are, uh, they get the job done. So I'm, I'm going with um, the Eagles offensive line on this one. As far as uh, we're now switching over to the defensive side, we're going to do, instead of doing like defensive line linebackers, safeties, all that stuff, we're just going to do run defense and pass defense, run defense. uh, Who's better between the chiefs and Eagles. I'm going with Kansas city. Uh, The chiefs are eighth in rushing yards allowed this season. The Eagles are 17th. Kansas city is sixth and rushing touchdowns allowed. Philly is 19th. Uh, The fumble numbers are basically the same. So I'm going to go ahead and take the chiefs there. They're just a little bit, uh, they're just, so much glaringly better, you know, in those two categories against the run. So I'm going, I'm going Kansas city. I, I got to go with Kansas city here too. Uh, you know, George Karloftis on the line there going, going with Kansas city. I, I mean, look, when Pat Mahomes went down with an injury, that defense kept them in that, in that game. And it's a, it's a solid defense. I, 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 I will say this in this game, I think the defense we're going to be truly talking about is the Philadelphia defense, but the Chiefs defense is going to do enough to be warranted in that conversation. So I'm I'm, I'm going to say the Chiefs run defense here. As far as pass defense goes, I'm going Philadelphia. The Philly is 
first in passing yards allowed. Kansas City is 19th. The Chiefs have allowed the most passing touchdowns in the league this season. The Eagles are 13th in that category. The Eagles are 6th in interceptions. Chiefs are 22nd. Uh, the Eagles are 3rd in opponent passer rating. The Chiefs are 27th. Uh, and these two teams are the top two in sacks. So give me the Eagles pass defense over Kansas City. Yeah, I'm going to take the uh, – oh, gosh. I had it here, and I just lost it. You just lost the script? The script? Yeah. For... <laughs> I'm going with the Philadelphia Eagles pass defense here as well. When Look, um, the key is you got to keep the, the other team's receivers out of the end zone. And it's going to be a tall task for Philadelphia because of a game changer and Travis Kelsey. But I'm not, I don't, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to look at this based off of this matchup. The whole body tells me it's the Philadelphia uh, secondary. This Philadelphia pass defense is what is the better one of the two. They're, they're, they're going to be, it's going to be a good battle, but give me Philadelphia. And finally, we're going to throw special teams in there as well. Uh, Who is the better unit on special teams? It's, it's pretty tough to gauge this one. The Chiefs are better in kick returns. Philly's better on punt returns. Uh, the Eagles kicker Jake Elliott has made five of six field goals from 50-plus yards this season. Harrison Bucker of the Chiefs uh, was three of seven from 50-plus uh, yards, but is two for two this postseason. Tommy Townsend is first in the league in net punt yards. So I'm leaning Chiefs here. I'll go, uh, especially like if, if Butker hasn't, hadn't had those two 50-plus uh, yard field goals this season, or this postseason, excuse me, that I'm I would have probably gone to Eagles here, but it's it's leaning Chiefs, so I'll go Chiefs. I'm gonna go with the Eagles just because their return game is is a little bit better. Um, honestly, I feel like special teams in the NFL is becoming null, anyways. Yeah. Except for um, kicking. Except for kicker. Kickers yeah. kicking like field goals and everything, yeah, and extra points. That's the that's about it. I mean, there's no more returns. I, uh, I mean, punters. punts punts for field position and all that stuff. Yeah, but give me Kansas City. All it, right, I mean, some of these are some of these are like this is a very even matchup. If oh, you yeah. ask me. Oh yeah, and it's it's hard to pick between the two. So. I don't know. I'm trying to be as even as possible. I think yeah. I was pretty even. I think so. Well, you know, you said it's tough to pick between the two, but now it's time now for it's time you to pick to pick between the two. I know. Um, I you know. know, it's 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 so tough because I mean, heck, I said it a couple of weeks ago in our championship preview episode. Like, I could have I could have seen any of those four teams, whether it be the Niners, the Bengals, the Chiefs, the Eagles. I could have seen any of those four teams win. Uh, the Super Bowl. Uh, and now that we're down to two, it's not any easier. It's I can see either of these two teams make sense. So we're going to go ahead and do our prediction. And just like we did in that NFC championship and AFC championship preview, we're going to also give you one three plus leg parlay um, for all of you betting folks uh, out there as well. Um, so my parlay is this, it's a plus nine fifty, So pretty decent, uh, you know, payout. If you, if this one hits uh, I've got chiefs money line, Miles Sanders and Travis Kelsey is anytime touchdown scores. We mentioned, you know, how good the running game is for Philadelphia. We mentioned how good, how uh, crucial Travis Kelsey is uh, to the passing game. And I have Patrick Mahomes with 250 plus yards and three plus touchdowns in the big game in Super Bowl 57. 
you know, my prediction looking at this, you know, I, I thought I was, I really thought I was going to go Eagles here. And it really is a toss up. I mean, this, this reason why I went Kansas City money line is literally because it's like the spread is like minus one. Like that's literally what it is. It's one point, which at that point you might as well just go money line because that makes more sense to do that. Um, you know, Mahomes is the better quarterback, more Super Bowl experience. We already talked about that. The Eagles are better running the ball, but that's where the Kansas City defense excels. Um, and just overall, I just like the road that it took for Kansas City to get to this point. Now, I think these two teams have combined for four playoff games. And in all four of those playoff games, even though Kansas City's were obviously closer, it never felt like either team was really tested, if that makes sense. Like, on the Eagles' side, they got a uh, Giants team that, like, yes, they had, you know, barely snuck by them at home like a couple weeks ago late in the regular season, but also throttled them at MetLife Stadium um, even a few weeks prior to that. Um, and then they played a um, San Francisco team that halfway through the first quarter didn't have a quarterback. Um, you know, for Kansas City, yeah, tr- it was close between the Jaguars and, and and the Chiefs, but you really never thought the Chiefs were in danger of losing that game. Same with, like, the Bengals played a better game, but you thought if the Bengals won that game last, or a couple weeks ago that it's going to be because the Chiefs lost it not because the Bengals won it, because the Chiefs kind of dominated that game. I don't think the Bengals led it at any point in that game. So, but I think overall, what the Chiefs have had to go through in this postseason, I think they're just more battle-tested. I think they've been to the Super Bowl before. We've talked about that, but also just this postseason and just in general what they have to deal with in the AFC as opposed to the NFC. I mean, I brought up that stat earlier, and that kind of – turn me off to some of the Philadelphia defensive stats. Like don't take anything away. Philadelphia still has a great defense and they're a great team overall. But the fact that they've just played, you know, like I said, they, they have all these great stats against quarterbacks and yet they're, you know, a lot of the quarterbacks they faced this season weren't all that good. A lot of the passer passing teams they played weren't really the best passing teams that, that, that they could have played. Now, granted, I didn't look into those same numbers for the chiefs. Maybe they they're similar, but just the road, that it took Kansas city to get here. I like it a little bit more. I think, like I said, I think they're a little bit more battle tested. I'm going Kansas city to win the super bowl this year. Yeah. So for me, the, uh, the three leg parlay that I've got at plus 1000 chiefs money line, uh, Pat Mahomes alternate passing yards at 300 or more and Travis Kelsey to score two or more touchdowns. Honestly, I think that's, what it's going to take for the for the Chiefs to win this game. You need, you need to have a huge game from Mahomes and from Travis Kelsey. Um, and, you know, like I said earlier, when you get to the Super Bowl, experience sometimes matters over that first time being there. Um, yeah, I do believe there was, there was, there's been, there was, there's several players on that Eagles team that were on the last Super Bowl team. Um, so they and it, they're they're good veteran presence. Jason Kelsey, I know, was there. Yeah, but this Chiefs team, like I said earlier, they they they've been on both sides of it at the Super Bowl. You know, they've been celebrating, and they've also been watching another team celebrate, and they know how both of those feel, and they know which one they don't want to feel again. I think that matters in in this. Um, with it being, is this their third appearance in yep. 
four they, years? Something like that. Cause yeah, it was Chiefs 49ers, then it was was Rams Patriots in between that? No. There there was another one in between it. Wait, did they go back to back years? I think they I feel like they did they go Patriots? Tw- okay, yeah, yeah. They I will to say have. they would have had to have because it was twenty twenty screwed everything. Right, right, up. exactly. So yeah, it was the twenty twenty Super Bowl that they were in it. Then twenty twenty one, yeah. So they did go back to back years. So so yeah, this is their third appearance in four years. So this is becoming habit for them. They know how to prepare for it. They're not going to be overwhelmed by. I mean, not to say that Philadelphia is going to be overwhelmed, but. They're gonna like, the Chiefs are gonna be less overwhelmed. The Chiefs, this is what they expect, and that kind of calmness will help them per, in this game. I, I I think, and like I said, it's gonna be a close game. It's gonna be a tough battle, but I think ultimately that experience of being in this game, being on both sides of winning and losing in this game, and just being consistently knowing this is where you, you you are supposed to be year after year and that's where the chief that's where the chiefs have gotten i think all of that leads to them raising the lombardi trophy yet again well there you have it we have picked our super bowl champions let's go see what happens like i, like I said before it's going to be a great game um don't have a dog in the fight so i guess technically we do now because we both picked our super bowl champions but um and i mean you have to stick with the chiefs because you that was your preseason pick as well so we're hey we're close to you having that pick right b scott uh but that will do it for this week's edition of the crash course podcast thank you guys all for hanging out watching listening all that good stuff remember you can follow us on twitter at 3c media sports go like us on facebook 3c media go to check out the tiktok channel as well as the youtube channel if you're not already there go hit go hit subscribe ring the bell for all that great content and remember you can listen to us every week on apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, spotify wherever podcasts can be heard you can hear the crash course podcast you can find me at Crash Course FM on Twitter. Pete Scott, where can they find you? Find me on Twitter at Brandon underscore Scott 87. No podcast next week, but we are going to be back uh, with a Daytona 500 preview as a standalone video um, coming out. Not this weekend, obviously, but the weekend following. So a lot of content coming down the pike. Get excited for that. But until then, enjoy the Super Bowl, everyone. <laughs>